We are currently in Lent and this year for Lent, which is our preparation to get ready for Easter, we are tracking with a resource, a devotional by the LICC, um, which really is looking at the difference that Easter makes in our whole life. The fact that Jesus did something so amazing to reconnect us to God that first Easter affects every area of our lives. So over the four or five or six weeks that Lent covers, they kind of focus in on different parts of our lives. So we're going to do today, we're thinking about the area of our life that is work. So let's just define work quickly, because work might be something that you are not getting paid for, but it is that activity that you might not choose to do and that you're required to do for your life to continue. So sometimes it is paid and that's why you're required to do it because you have bills to pay. And sometimes it's things like childcare and housework that just needs to happen, otherwise uh, life cannot go on. So we're thinking about that part of our life today. Now one thing about our work is we often find our identity in it and so often the second question that you have when you meet someone new is after you've told them your name is what do you do? That idea of our who we are being summed up by the, the thing we do for our work. So I want to have a quick pause and allow you to think and chat about that in your groups and think about this idea of when you meet someone new and that question comes up, what do you say? Why do you say it? How do you feel about it? Sometimes we can be embarrassed because it sounds too small. Sometimes we can be embarrassed because it sounds too exciting, those sorts of things. How do you express who you are by what you do? So have a quick chat about that now. Today we are talking about God's involvement in work and there's been a particular bent in church culture that you may have experienced where sometimes in church culture the idea of work there is a pinnacle of work and that is full-time ministry. That idea that if you can be full-time engaged in doing something churchy that is the best thing and, and other work that you might have to do is really just uh, an, a necessary evil to pay the bills and a bit of a distraction of the important stuff, which is church-based stuff. Now, there's all sorts of reasons why that idea has kind of crept into our thinking, but actually it's completely unbiblical. That is not what the Bible teaches us about work. And we can see that if we go right back to the beginning. If we go back to the beginning of Genesis, when God created uh, human beings and placed them in this perfect environment, he gave them work to do. And it's surprisingly normal work. So what God does is he gives them their job description. And he says this, it says, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So there's something special about human beings. We're like God. And it goes on to say this, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. That is the work they have to do. There's this, uh, starts off with them being made in the image of God and then they have a job to do. And that job 
isn't a kind of job that we would think of as terribly spiritual. It is, uh, it is physical work. It's kind of like it will be digging and construction and building things. It will be accounting. It's like counting numbers of things and how much have I got and how does this work? It would involve trading. Somebody would have something and somebody else would have something else that would have to go on. It would be raising children, which would require education and training. It would be about innovation. How do we solve this problem that we've come across? It would be about discovery as they expanded into this new world, this world that was perfect, but was unfinished, had work to be done in it. So if we just take a thought experiment and imagine that the fall never happened, that human beings didn't turn away from God, we would still be doing work and it would be work that looks very much like the work we're doing now, but we would be doing it within God's kingdom. God would still be perfectly in charge and perfectly centered in everything we do. And we would see in our work, what Paul goes on to describe as a fruit of the spirit, that we would see as we're doing it, we would see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that would all be evident in our work. But that isn't how the story goes. We see almost immediately in the third chapter of the Bible that human beings decide they want to do things their own way, not God's way, and that is the fall. There is this separation then that comes between us and God, and no longer human beings in that perfect environment with God, but we have to go out, and there is a separation separates us from God. There is a gap now between the perfect holy God and us with our mess and uh, shortcomings and all sorts of like selfish stuff. And so now work still happens because that's what we were made to do. But now if we look at that passage in Galatians that I read out where Paul talks about the fruit of the spirit, instead often we're working out of what Paul describes as a sinful nature, which says that it will involve hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, and envy. And I think those are all environments. If you're in a workplace, you can probably see those. Uh, even if you are working on your own, you know, you will see those things because actually it's not just that these things are going on in other people's lives. We can see them in our work, in our own hearts, envy, jealousy, quarreling, hostility, selfish ambition. Those are all there because we have moved away from God. But we have good news because Easter makes all the difference where in the fall we are separated from God. At Easter, what Jesus does on the cross allows us to reconnect, to come back into a community with God, into God's presence. And there's this very powerful image in the story of the crucifixion that the veil, this curtain that separated in the temple, separated the holy of the holies, the place that represented where God dwelt from the rest of the world. This curtain is torn in two from the top to the bottom at the point of Jesus' death. So we are enabled to reconnect with God because of what Jesus did. And that means we're able to reconnect with God in every area of our life, including our working lives. So what we are looking at really is a restoration of the Garden of Eden, that we are not apart from God, but God is with us in the midst of our working lives. And so this means much more than just telling colleagues about Jesus. This is about the very person we are. 
So at the start, we talked about how we often find our identity in what we do. And that's how we, that's how we talk to other people about who we are, is about the work we do. Well, we see in that Genesis thing that actually the identity comes that we were made in the image of God. And then our work flows out of that. We are made in the image of God. So we do these things because that's who we are. And so that's what we do. So the way that we're supposed to operate is we have our, our identity, who we are. And from out of that, we do the things that we do. Now, when it's the other way around, the, do, the things that we do make us who we are. That If we're trying to do that, there's all sorts of problems with that because our identity then gets tied up with things that are not permanent. They are not real. They are dependent on circumstances. And it's just so much more fragile. If our identity is in God, that he loves me, accepts me, and has adopted me as his child, that is a solid identity. If our identity is how well my career is doing, what kind of car I drive, who reports to me, how successful I am, what other people think of me, how my performance is, that's a really fragile, insecure way for us to, to live. So we need to find our identity in who God has made us to be, what he has done for us at that Easter to enable us to be drawn back into his family, to be adopted as his child, to have him live within us. That's our identity. And then what we do in our work flows out of that reality, flows out of that identity. So that means that we take God with us into our work. We are made in his image because he is with us in our work. And this is really exciting because, because God created work and because God is perfect, it means whatever we have to do, he is the best at doing it. So if you're a teacher, an accountant, a homemaker, a, a engineer, do you know who is the best teacher, accountant, homemaker, engineer? It's God. So he can actively help us do this role in a way that he was designed it to be made that will bring fruit of his kingdom, fruit of the spirit into the environment and into the work that we are doing. So you can invite him into your work and ask him to help you. And perhaps what's hardest for us to do is those things that we think are really easy and we can completely do in our own strength to invite him in to help us because maybe there's something different, something different in our attitude or even the way we do it. Or maybe there's some creative new approach to something that we just think is completely simple that we, that he would have us do. So we can invite him into that. And then I just want to finish with this scripture as well. This is from Colossians 3 verse 17. Paul writes to me, he says, he writes to the church in Colossae and he says, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. There's this idea that whatever we do and say, and as, you know, including in our work in life, that God has done amazing things for us so we can thank him because Jesus made that way to God. But we do all those things as a representative of Jesus. We get to do those things to show the world, to show this broken creation, how things are meant to be. And so that might have all sorts of approaches about the attitude that we have when we do our work, the way we treat our co-workers, the way we, um, the way we prioritise or value the different aspects of our work. All these things 
are invited to be coloured by who Jesus is and his life in us. So I want to finish with a final question for you to think about. To think about the work you do, whether it's paid or not, those things that you have to do, that, that, that are an obligation for you to do, how can you invite God in? How do you already invite God in? And how can you start to increasingly see yourself as a representative for Jesus? How does it make a difference that your identity is set in God, not in what you do? And how might that affect the way we feel about our work? You know, aspects of pride or the other side, imposter syndrome. How does that security, how could it change the work we do? So let me pray and we'll go into our discussion. God, we thank you that you are involved in our working lives and that work is an integral aspect of what it means to be a human being created in your image, which means that even the most mundane aspects of our job is a place where we can meet you and we can put you first, we can worship you and we can thank you. And I pray that increasingly we would start to view our life not as this necessary uh, requirement for life, not as a distraction from things that we think are more important, but a place where we find you and we get to uh, represent you as we get to be your hands and your feet, your mouth and your ears to the people around us. So we, I pray that we as a community would start to have fresh insights into our working life that would make a difference. And even now as we discuss it, Lord, start to open our eyes to things that you are doing and want to do in our working lives. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>